0: Swallows of the South is a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. Hello, and welcome to Swallows of the South. I'm Quinn Wilson, storyteller. Not really much to say this week, so we're going to jump right in to our third installment of and Mask and the Dream Eaters of the Hidden City. Enjoy! In the time of myth, when gaunt and mortals want creation together, Ashen Mask, Magenta Reign, Aziza the Great, and Captain Eve... Set down in the docks at the hidden city of the fair folk of the archipelago. What would they find in the city? How hard would it be to find the idol which they looked for? What sorts of trouble would they get up to in the meantime? The boat comes to rest in the dock. On the shores of this crystalline palace, the coralescent colors seem to still suffuse all of the materials around you, shifting and moving lightly, almost as though a bank of clouds drifting into the colors of the sunset, and the lotus that you are riding settles down gently as the three fair folk who escorted you step off, and Arpeggio turns to you and says, We will see you for entertainment soon. In the meantime, as we have established... If you are going to enter a room, ensure that you knock. Be respectful, and we will be respectful of you. Thank you for keeping us company. I am sh- certain that we will enjoy it.
1: Thank you. I'm sure we will enjoy it too. Y'all have been lovely.
0: It's all right. I'm sure it'll be a real blast. Mm-hmm. And so they turn and saunter into the palace, heading upstairs near you, ascending into the darkness beyond the stairs. As they turn away, Eve turns to you all, looking somewhat concerned. I'm afraid that I'm going to have to ask you to take the lead on this as we continue. I have something of a shameful secret, I must admit to you. Everything I told you about the fairfolk, Folk, about not agreeing to what they say, about being careful about what you do... I got that from the letter that gave us the job from, from Ray, so that's about the end of what I know, and I don't know if you noticed this when we were interacting with them earlier, but I was very nervous, and I think I was breaking rules just over the course of that um interaction, so I'm not sure I can trust myself.
2: Right, so what you're saying is,
0: Anita, uh, shut your mouth. If we can do that in a way that doesn't violate any of the rules, that might be useful. Um, I'm just saying, I want to help you take the lead, take the initiative. If you take leadership on this
2: project, who knows it's going to take you on the crew. Right. You uh, You guys think you can cover for me for a while? I might do a bit of exploring.
3: I can do that. The exploring or the covering? Oh, I can do the covering because I, I'm sorry. I thought he had said that he was going to do exploring.
1: Well, I just wanted to make sure that you weren't saying that you wanted to do the exploring. Nope, I was paying attention. Okay. Captain... I vote we go into your cabin and find a way to sew your lips together so you don't get your soul sucked out.
0: I would prefer that we not resort to such direct methods. Um, also, I believe that they would notice, wouldn't they, if suddenly I had uh, lips that were pursed per- permanently. Um, I would really rather that we not. Um, anyway, look, there's a little creepy man who's coming onto the ship right now, probably one of their their guys who's just going to look look after the ship. And then if we step on, he's going to ask us questions. Where where are we going? What are we doing? Um, why why are you so nervous? Why do you keep repeating yourself? You're stupid. I'm Captain. not stupid.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right, let's not deal with the little man then, shall we?
1: Also, if you would not point, because I'm pretty sure that pointing at fair folk is about as rude as pointing at anybody else. Maybe more rude. that They are touchy in the most terrible sense.
0: I, I know it might be rude. I didn't mean to be rude. I'm... Just, this is why I'm asking you guys to help take the lead. If you can go to exploring, that would be great.
2: You know, if you can find any information. Um, can be or vanity. the idol. Right. If I find the idol, do I, uh, do I just take it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yep. Right. You just, you take it and Black. you bring it back and you don't get caught and you don't get yourself sucked out. And if you do.
2: Well, that sounds like uh, a good plan. Uh, do we have an exit strategy?
1: Yeah. Fly away. Yep. Oh, good. Fast. That, that was
2: I'm that, on board. Broad strokes of it, yeah.
1: Well, well, that's the problem is right now you are on board and the idol is not on the ship yet.
0: <laughs> no, Get off lotus. board. <laughs> we're not on board. We're on a lotus.
1: Yeah, but we are on board the lotus.
0: Get off We're not the escaping on the lotus, are we?
1: No, but the idol You're confusing
0: me. Either. You're changing the plans. You're saying confusing things. Do you, if you want to treat me like an idiot, you've got to say things in ways that make sense.
1: If I want to treat you like an idiot, I'm going to just ignore you as long as everyone else understands. We are on the lotus. The idol is not on the lotus.
2: Ashen starts <laughs> just walking away at this
0: point. Good. So what do we do now that we, we have some free time?
3: We could prepare a meal. Ooh.
0: Again. I'm not super great about all the rules and stuff, but we're in their domain right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Uh, so
3: That part. Uh, yeah, yeah I fun. think that
0: they were like, D- don't eat the food. I don't know if that's tainted our food while we're here or what. We There's also the small a small man who's on the boat now, so he might have questions about the food.
3: We could toss him around.
0: No, we don't. We want to leave the small man alone, I think. Okay.
1: Do we want to leave him alone or do we want to answer any questions he has?
4: Why would we go back to the boat? It makes no sense.
1: Then where do you want to go,
4: Captain? I was
0: asking you. Look, we've got a whole interesting hidden city in front of us. Captain. I'm asking you to help take the lead. I'm just saying one restriction. Don't go back to the boat. There's a small man on the boat and he scares me a lot.
1: Captain, your shadow scares you. Oof.
0: I've had just about enough of your disrespect. I am bearing my soul. I'm being very vulnerable here, telling you that I don't know what to do. Give me a direct answer to my question. Uh, We're not going on to back onto the boat. Where are we going? It's not that hard to answer the question captain. without backsassing me, Captain. Uh, s- second, first mate, first mate. I meant that first mate is what <laughs> I meant, and that's what I said. I said first mate. I didn't call you captain ever.
1: No, nope. not once. All right, Captain. We're going straight i'm so. trying to get your
3: attention captain yes. that's me oh <clears throat> i was wondering if perhaps we could draw the people away from you know someone who might be following our buddy who's helping get the uh idol
0: or are you suggesting that
3: as we he create... sneaks
0: off on his own, we then tail him to make sure that no one's tailing him.
3: No, That's we... an
0: idea I can get behind.
3: <laughs> I was gonna say, we create a distraction, but if you like that idea better... Oh,
0: no, 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 bad. a distraction's also not a bad idea. What, what are you
3: thinking? Kaboom! I also can bake bomb pies.
1: I don't think that a bomb pie is quite the way we want to go with this. Maybe if we could generate a bunch of emotions, they like emotions. Mm. As long as our friend stays with a cool head and we have heaps of
3: emotions, then like one of those things where people they they come out and one person comes out, another person comes out another, person comes out, another person comes out, and they start dancing.
0: Oh, that that
4: would be good. I ah, uh,
3: what is that called? Flash mob
4: flash mob flashing people
3: there
1: there is no actual flashing that occurs um have you seen one in person i have so have i and there was flashing okay (laughs) i think you and i you still
3: seas long
0: enough you're gonna see some flashing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: that doesn't mean that a flash mob has to involve flashing it is a flash mob because it happens in a flash
0: yes
4: and also there was flashing. flashing
3: That is a flashing flash mob. It's yeah, different- I'm going to... You know what? If we do this, I'm flashing. Y'all can't. You don't have to, I'm but gonna, I'm going to flash.
0: I'm going to say this right now. We're getting way too caught up on little, like, nomenclature things. Mm-hmm. Just these little bits of wordplay. We're getting really caught up. Say it. We're not actively planning.
3: Mm-hmm. We
4: need to move past the semantics mm-hmm. and get into doing business.
3: Yeah. That, no, what I is get it. wrong with you? No, no, no. He's speaking the truth. Let's do it. So, Roy, right, yeah.
2: so why don't you guys... Um, I all go get an argument.
3: Ooh. Oh, yeah. We can do that. But, that's a distraction.
2: But I think we're also going to do the flash mob thing. Once <laughs> they come and see that we're having an argument. Um, well, shoot, who are you getting in your uh, flash mob? Well, I figured that it would just be the three of us.
3: No? Um, that's...
2: that's not so much a mob as it is uh, three people.
3: Maybe we ask that little guy.
2: Well, no, we're not going to ask the little man.
0: Okay. That's I'm smart. already having nightmares about the little man and I haven't gone to sleep yet.
3: Ooh, <laughs> day Day mirrors. <laughs> You mean day mirrors?
0: I suppose. Or a waking nightmare.
3: Nope, it's not night, though.
0: All right, so yeah. Uh, Go on, we're going to go start an argument. Oh, good. If there's
2: flashing or singing or dancing involved, you'll know it's probably going pretty well. Right. (laughs) So... Ashramask is going to find any place where there's like an alcove, someplace where he knows people won't be watching, mm-hmm. so he can change his disguise. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, and he is going to become one of the Fair Folk. When he steps into it, he seemed like a... Like, grubby, five o'clock shadow, long-haired, just standard sort of pirate sailor. And when he comes back out of the alcove, he has golden hair and wispy clothes that float around him and seem to flutter in a breeze even though there is no breeze when he steps his feet seem to both be off the ground for just a fraction too long and it seems as though he's floating even though he is clearly walking and all of his looks whenever he you look him in the eye you can see that color is very slightly swirling in his eyes cool 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 Uh, So I'm assuming that that's a use of perfect mirror. That is a perfect mirror. And also, just in case, I'm going to throw up a spurious presence, which uh, anyone who sees him, they just assume he belongs wherever he's at.
0: Right. Cool, cool, cool. Love it. So where are you going to go with this disguise put up?
2: Ash Mask is going to start wandering into wherever he thinks the heart of this place is, whatever Mm -hmm. is going to be most... Well-guarded is probably where the most powerful items are going to be kept.
0: Okay, so yeah, there's definitely a clear delineation of these sort of bulbous spires that emerge from the city in such a way that they ascend in height toward a certain direction and there are three of these enormous towers toward the center of the city in such a way that they would make a sort of triangular shape. Um, relative each other in a way that might potentially be framing a place of power here, like geomantic energy might be nestling here or something of that sort. Um, But it's clearly some sort of architecturally important feature as well as supernaturally important one, probably.
2: Yeah, that is definitely uh, where I will be headed to first then. Cool, 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 cool. I
0: would love a dexterity plus larceny roll as you make your way through this
2: city toward that location. Right. All right, looks like two, four, six, eight successes.
0: So, that is going to put you more or less out of the range of anyone who could potentially have spotted you, especially in context of your spurious presence and perfect mirror. As you move through the city, you find that the... Hues of all of the buildings are actually contiguous, almost as though you are standing on an enormous glass observation deck overlooking a mass of clouds swirling below you. And the deeper you move into the city, the more you can see both suggested motion in the cumulus formations, but you can also see the colors are deepening. They are going from these sort of like pastel colors of early sunset into like these deeper, heavier reds and oranges and deep grays of the rapidly approaching night. And as you approach the very center of this city, where you find there is this triangular formation of these towers, you can see at the top of the tower there appears to be a large moat of light caught in the top of each of these three towers. And that in the ground here you can see the blinking out of the sun at sunset is at the center of this architectural feature. Beyond that, in the deepest of reds and oranges and grays, there is cutting through the triangle. Essentially, bisecting it is a line of green, like a slow eruption of a green line cutting through this thing. And... As for the actual architecture here, there is a garden that is held here. It is also triangular in shape. It holds strange fruits and flowers that seem to be almost whispering and humming and singing. And there is, at the center of this, an incredibly large floral formation that is a dragon curled around what appears to be a gazebo right at the center of point of this green flash and underneath the gazebo you can see that there is a smaller figure that is almost identical to this floral dragon except it is made entirely of pure white jade no one walks the garden right now you did see other fair folk ambling about as you passed through the city but here at the center none seem to be just this large dragon. If you could give me a perception plus either occult or lore, that would be good. Difficulty is going to be 3.
2: Ooh, that is not my best roll. Mm. Let's uh let's just let's go for luck. Let's go for straight up luck. Uh I got two successes, damn it.
0: All right, it's obvious as with basically everything here that this is not natural in the way that you are used to. This place is teeming with strange magics and forces and essence that you're not used to existing inside of.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, as much as he looks like a weird fae abomination, he has been wandering this entire city, doing his damnedest to not come off as completely freaked out, which he is. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This doesn't help. This impossible feat of floral architecture is imposing but is also no more obviously supernatural than the rest of anything you are seeing here. And with that being said, what do you do?
2: Well, walking directly into the gazebo seems like a terrible idea, so obviously that is what I will do.
0: (laughs) Cool. And as you step into the gazebo, you feel passing over you a rush of wind, and you can hear the inhalation of a breath. And as the realization of what is happening dawns over you, we will cut to the argument that is happening, Dockside.
1: Captain, you ruddy git, how many times do I have to tell you that the perfect tower is the tallest tower?
0: I'm just saying, if you look at all the towers, just if, if you account for every single tower, I don't think that could be true. I've seen the works of the realm, and I am willing to bet that just to spite the perfect. The Scarlet Empress built a taller tower. And if you don't believe that, if you don't think that's true, I, I will curse your family name and I will fight you.
3: I bet oh, I've, uh, I've stacked a couple of uh, cleaning buckets taller than that tower.
0: Yeah, that's a tower for babies. For you're, dumb, stupid babies.
3: You're a tower for
1: babies, you dumb, stupid baby. You ever seen a tower of babies?
0: A tower of babies?
3: Yeah, yeah. That's,
0: excuse my language here, but that's fucked up.
3: No, no, no. It's like, uh, you know... No, They're I, alive.
0: I've heard about a tower for babies, like the kind that the Naoma make, but not a tower of babies.
3: I once went to this place that just had so many babies that were just crawling on top of each other. One of them happened to have something that looked like made a, a flag made a tower at the top. And so it was actually... All
0: right, no, this is way, way worse than whatever she was on about. You're going down, weirdo.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was just strolling through the town and it, it was a tower of babies
0: no you You can't tell me
3: no No. what do you mean no i mean no that's it's what i saw
0: and he throws a punch (laughs) so at this point i'm gonna make because there's not actually Mm -hmm. good teamwork rules in exalted third edition we're going to roll the highest of y'all's manipulation and performance
1: can't it be like manipulation and athletics because fake fighting is a very athletic thing
0: Yeah, no. You have to have taken your stage fighting classes.
1: Girl, I hope you got this, because I got two dice. You got three dice.
0: What is each of your manipulation score?
3: Two. Three.
0: What is each of your performance score? Zero. Zero. Cool. So you're going to take those three dice, and you're going to add an additional two Mm. for this scene that we've just played out. Okay. And then you're going to take an additional one for the captain.
3: Okay. That's a total of six dice, captain?
0: Yep, and then they are going to roll a read intentions roll against you based on this result.
3: Six successes.
2: Six on six,
3: way six to be. Six sucky successes.
0: So the guards here, not the fair folk proper, but the, the guards that are posted around, the small men, uh, are going to roll to read your intentions here. So that is five. At this point, one of the fair folk here Not clear if they're a guard or a dock worker or both. They are short and squat. They seem to be made of the stuff of lightning storms. They have crackling skin and energy and frayed and crazy hair, but they still walk with an uncanny elegance and beauty. They approach you, adjusting a length of rope in their hands, as they say. Hey, so, so what's what's all this about? What's going on here?
1: Well, this fool over here is trying to tell us that the perfect tower is smaller than a tower of babies, which is ridiculous because babies don't even make towers.
3: If there are enough of them, they will, and they will climb. No, babies don't build, they destroy. Okay, look. Mm-mm.
0: Two things. one. All of you are stupid. Clearly, the tallest tower is the one, the center of the city. We got three of them. They're all the tallest. So shut your stupid mouths! You're dumb. No. Second, you... you listen to me. This sounds like you can't come to a decision, right? You can't come to a decision. You got to bring it to court. So we're taking you guys to court.
1: Love it. What? No. And also. Oh, yeah. You... Court. No, and also, you can't have three towers as the tallest because none of them are the tallest then because the tallest mean you are the most tall.
0: Sure, and purple's not a flavor. Come on, we're going to court. I
3: can also hear purple.
0: You you can. It's a flavor. It's a sound. It's a mood. This guy knows what he's talking about.
1: No, Mm -hmm. Aziza has synesthesia, not... Whatever that is. He does not have... He does not... Purple is not a flavor or a sound. You'll know it when you taste it.
0: Are you telling me I'm wrong?
1: Well, I'm not saying
3: you're right.
0: Take it to court. Looks like we're going to court for two things. (laughs) Boom. High five me.
3: Don't! (laughs) Aziza high fives him, like, (laughs) automatically. He thinks this is the greatest thing ever. He can indeed... Uh, has he has had this problem of, uh, or not a problem, but this uh, experience of tasting colors as well as hearing them when he eats certain food. Real talk, I do. So yes, Aziza does too. You, synesthesia. I can hear certain tastes. Yeah, that's pretty hmm. cool.
0: So at this point, you are being circled up by the small men who are going to take you to court.
3: At that point, uh, Aziza realizes his high five was a low five.
0: So, with them scurrying you off to court, I think that means we're due for a scene transition. We cut back now to Ashen Mask. The breath of this floral dragon has passed over you, and it appears to be waking as you enter the gazebo. Its head lowers, and you can see a patch of white flowers in its eyes slowly shift and change color in a way that suggests the opening of an eye and the blossoming of a golden iris at the center of it. Who passes into my domain? You're
2: not familiar. You smell curious. Ashamask gathers himself as much as possible and uh, runs what appears to be a delicate hand along the flowery neck of this dragon and looks directly in its flower eyes and says surely you know symphony of ashen destruction i am merely here to check on the idol no one has come to check on me in quite a while i dare say i've
0: grown lonely in the absence of company ah most the pity if you will sit with me a moment symphony and tell me a story i might let you resume your duties
2: If you disappoint me, well, we'll get to that, if it comes to that. Of course, a story from the Fair Folk. There's obviously, I have many tales to spin.
0: And I'm actually going to do something that I did uh, during Rizzo's quest, and I'm going to ask that you make right now a roll of your temporary willpower. All right. That's a big old nothing. As... You say this, you feel kicked almost bodily into another situation, into another place and another time. You recognize that you are yourself, but you look at your hands and your feet and you know that you're not. Not in the way that you're not yourself when you take on a disguise, but in a way that this form is actively alien to you. You don't fit in this body. It bunches up in the wrong places and hangs strangely in others. And before you know it, the body is moving of its own accord. You are speaking to a congregation of the Fair Folk. You are brokering the terms of an arrangement. As the deal is set to be struck, two things are laid out on the table between the two parties, yourself and these Fair Folk. You realize now that you are at the center of the garden. One of these things is a large golden disc, and the other is a white idol of the greater elemental dragon of air. Several seemingly tense moments pass. The fair folk take the idol, look it up and down, and then place it back at the center of this table. They motion toward the golden disc and push it back toward you. The disc here feels the only thing that is constant. You wear this on your person now. Maybe that's why you don't fit. Out of character, have you ever had another experience with another one of the sun's chosen? Have you met any other solar exalts yet? No. Okay, but looking at this disc, this chakram, it gives you a sense of stability, of permanency. You place it back on your hip. You put of your fingers to your lips and touch it to the nose of the dragon and as you step away the flowers in the garden around you seem to animate themselves and conjure up the form of the dragon that sits before you now and as forcefully as you are kicked into this experience into this twilight of sensation you are punted back down into your body with a strange force And a fierce exhalation leaves your lungs as you settle back in, and we cut back to court. You are actually now in the dining hall of the palace here. There is no food set out, however. There are instead various instruments laid out on plates, some of which are musical instruments, some of them are medical instruments, some of them instruments of writing, some of them instruments of war. The small men. Scatter throughout the room, each of them taking a seat in front of one of these large plates. The room here is stark white compared to the sunset hues of the outside. The table is incredibly long. The small men sit and occupy all open seating spaces. And the one who corralled you in here turns to you and says, You're going to be here a while. Might as well pop a squat.
1: You took all the seats.
0: Yeah, so I said, Pop a squat. With your knees. Rest on them, you know, the way you do when you don't have a chair.
1: Crisscross cross jiggly sauce. Magenta Rain makes a point to cross her arms and kick back her legs and lean against a wall instead of squatting down.
3: The
0: captain pops a squat.
3: Of course he does. Spineless coward. Aziza definitely sits uh, with his legs crossed. Just, you know, mm-hmm. on the ground.
0: Once the captain takes a seat and Aziza sits crisscross applesauce jiggly sauce i'm sorry and magenta rain leans up against the wall the room is filled with a vibration of sound and color and physicality you can see ripples of iridescent light move through the room as the white of everything in the room actually begins to change it is being filled with color as arpeggio sonata and cantata enter the room This time, Sonata is the one who speaks to you.
4: Welcome to court. We will be judging your actions and your claims to determine their relative veracity. Those who are found to be lying will be punished accordingly. But first, we will ceremonially begin the court proceedings. Before we hear your stories, we will tell you about the foundation of our court. Through song and dance.
0: And the Fair Folk each move forward. Arpeggio grabs a sitar. Sonata grabs a kopesh from the table. And Cantata grabs an inkbrush. And they are now going to use a charm on all of you. So that is 12 successes on this Inspire action. The story of the foundation of this court is rousing and moving. There is an earnestness to it that pulls at your heartstrings, and you can feel pulling you toward making you truthful, toward making you as earnest as whoever it was that penned this song. So this is an inspire action. If you do not resist this inspiration, they will be able to influence you to do things that would otherwise be unacceptable influence. They can make it alluring for you to do dangerous things. It is essentially a siren song which they are playing, and the courtroom is an outcropping of rocks. It will cost you three willpower to resist.
3: Aziza only has three willpower left, so he can't... shouldn't do that.
0: Okay. The captain's definitely not resisting. He is enthralled.
1: (laughs) Oh no...
3: (laughs) Magenta
1: Rain hates herself because the captain is joining, but she only has three willpower left and cannot afford to resist it because then she can't resist anything else. So she's going to fall upon her sword.
0: Alrighty, so you are now all susceptible to dangerous influence. As you are filled with this sense of earnestness and a desire to fulfill the duties of the court... The instruments are set back down, and Sonata begins to speak again.
4: I understand that it is two cases that are brought before us today. Two of you claim that purple is a sound and a taste experience. It is also an emotion. One of you claims that this is not true. Please make your cases I will hear them, and I will pass judgment upon you.
3: I, Aziza, believe that I have tasted, heard, smelt, and felt the color purple. That is all.
0: Um, what What Aziza said, um, it's pretty much evident on its face. Purple is the, um, the taste that you get when you eat the good thing. It is the sound you hear when you hear the pleasant song, and it is the feeling that you feel at the end of the day, when you sit down, and you can feel all the pressure come off, um, off your shoes. Thank you. That, that is my statement.
1: I am Magenta Rain, and never in my life have I tasted or felt purple.
4: Is that the conclusion of your statement?
1: I have not experienced these things, and I know many others that have not experienced those things. I know it is common for some fair folk to experience things differently than humans can, so maybe Aziza is part fair folk. Nope. That you know of. mm <laughs> You've been around longer than the
3: ship has. Yeah, but, uh, my family keeps a good record of their ancestry and, uh... Ain't no fair folk in there.
4: So, I ask you again, is that the end of your statements? The other two of you were clear when you had finished your statements. You said something along the lines of, Thus concludes my statements, or that is all.
1: Thus concludes my statements.
4: Excellent. So, this one is pretty easy to pass judgment on.
0: And Sonata walks over to you, takes his hand, lifts it slowly, and you can see the tips of his fingers glow as he taps you on the forehead, Magenta Rain, and all at once, you taste, hear, and feel purple.
1: Can I vomit?
0: If you would like, if that's the reaction you have to purple.
1: I mean, my name is Magenta Rain. I kind of feel that if I were to taste any color, I would taste magenta. So, I'm a vomit. Purple's not my color.
0: And as the vomit splashes to the
2: ground, we cut back to the garden.
0: You seem to have been taken aback by something. Are you quite all right?
2: Ah uh, yes, of course. I am all right. Uh, just getting lost in the tale of m- in my own head, of course.
0: I would find myself rather more amused should you speak it aloud.
2: Ah, very well. Let me tell you a tale. Maybe no one has told you of your birth. Truly a tale that has not been spoken to me.
4: I would be curious to hear about it.
2: Go ahead, then. Pray you don't disappoint me. Uh, Digging deep onto his past memories of what just occurred, uh, he attempts to get a full narrative out of it, stringing along the idea of a deal being brokered and plays up the role of the actual flower dragon in it as a mighty guardian and one that is wholly and designed to protect only that which is most precious.
0: Perfect. So, go ahead and roll. I'll let you take the higher of your charisma or your manipulation, and then performance is the storytelling skill. He has a resolve of four.
2: All right. Uh, I'm just going to throw a couple notes at this. It's already a fairly good roll for me anyway. And we are looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight successes.
0: All right. As you tell this story, you can see the floral dragon is becoming further enraptured by this tale. It is coiling its serpentine body around the gazebo and then releasing itself, pulling itself closer and closer to you as the story continues until at the end of it. Its entire snake-like length is splayed away from the gazebo, coiled back in on itself as it looks down at you, apparently moved as these blue-white flowers begin to pour from its face, raining petals down. I never knew that these were the circumstances of my birth. It is incredible to know that I am truly possessed
4: of the purpose that I feel deep within me, that not only is it something that resonates within me, but it is granted me by my makers. It feels glorious and exhilarating. That which hangs at your hip, that was in the story as well, was it not? Yes, of course.
2: I must ask then, are you the demiurge who created me? In a way, you could say that I am. And Ashen will- Reach out and very gently sort of brush over the snout of this dragon.
0: Yeah, and you can see its whiskers like shake and shift, releasing pollen as it almost snuggles and leans into it as though you're petting a cat who then like rubs its head further into your palm as you try to pet it. You have pleased me well. I appreciate your story as well as your return to your creation. Go about your business. You have my blessing.
2: What do you do? He will continue running his hand along as he walks towards the gazebo, just running a hand along the length of the dragon as he goes. It's all right, my son. Please just uh, close your eyes and for a moment know that you have peace. Just rest. The dragon's eyes slowly close.
0: Yes, of course. Finally, I can rest. And... The garden is filled almost with a soft purring as it settles into its repose, vibrating the ground with each breath, curling into itself, leaving the gazebo itself entirely unattended.
2: Ash Mask walks up to the idol and puts a hand on it and just disbelievingly shakes his head and just mouths, What the hell? <laughs> Grabs the idol and tries to move quickly and quietly (laughs) towards a door. Perfect.
0: With each step you take away from the center of this gazebo, you can feel that the air in your wake does not move as it should. It seems to pull backwards or stagnate as though you are walking into some place that is very small and cramped, not a large open area that you are passing through. You feel that removing this is going to cause a change. It will affect the air here, perhaps beyond here, and it might have calamitous results. We will cut very briefly back to the court.
4: It has been made relatively clear that there was in fact no dispute as to whether or not purple is a taste, a sound, and an emotion. I will let you free. Without consequence, having voided your stomach upon the courtroom floor is punishment enough. However, it is my understanding that the three of you each have a claim about which tower is the tallest mm-hmm. and therefore the most magnificent.
1: Oh, no, 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 no.
4: There was- I am not asking you questions. I am laying the case before you. We'll tell you now that the three of you are all wrong. This will not be decided by argumentation. You are all wrong, but one of you will prove to be less wrong than Mm. the rest. In order to prove yourselves less wrong, grab an instrument of war from the table before you. Whomsoever should escape this conflict alive will be proven to be the least incorrect, and we will show you the light of the truly tall towers that we hold in our domain.
0: And... The other instruments are wiped from the tables. The musical instruments, the writing instruments, the medical instruments. All that sits before you now is a panoply of weapons. As the table, you look at it and suddenly it's not a table, it is a wall. And that wall is a rack. And you are standing in dirt. You must pick your weapons as you look around and you are ringed by stands filled with small men. A high tower floats above all of you, in which the three folk sit, presiding over this. In the words of the Yu-Gi-Oh theme song, it's time to did duel. Now, won't you join us for lunch at Madame Faye's?
1: Hmm, I don't know what I'm gonna get today. There are just so many choices on the menu. And every time I tell myself I'm going to get something different, and I always get the same thing.
4: When you consider it, though, are not all of your choices functionally meaningless? Do they all not simply contribute to your eternal march toward an inevitable end?
1: No! You know, this is why I said, You don't have to come to lunch with us, we'll be just fine. But you insisted
2: be so rude to leave them out though you know you got to bring them in let them know they're welcome
1: it's not like he's going to lack anything on the menu we don't offer up hopes and dreams and sadness
4: <laughs> just because hopes and dreams and sadness are what sustain my form does not mean that i do not enjoy to consume other things yeah i for example have quite a fondness for things with cherry flavor <gasps>
1: Well, then you might want to try their black forest tea, their cherry berry tea, or the church cherry bomb tea.
2: <laughs> or black forest cake. Or really anything black forest, honestly.
1: Oh, except for the black forest ham, because mm-hmm. Black Forest ham is
4: delicious. Do cherries <clears throat> grow in this black forest?
2: I don't even know. I don't Honestly, even.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't even know where the Black Forest is, or if it's an actual forest. Mm. I kind of think it's more like a metaphor. Yeah, it's,
2: it's a metaphorist, if you will.
1: Whoa, it's a met- I've been there. Metaphor clever. Oh,
4: okay, that's fair. I understand metaphors. It is the Black Forest through which we all must pass on our journeys. Through our lives, it is those moments in which we wake in the night, wondering why we have been cursed with worms at the end of our feet, which wriggle and raggle. Why are we like tubes of sausage, meant only to scream into the darkness? Yeah, it's exactly like the holidays. (laughs) Sounds about right.
1: No, no, it's like the hollandaise. It's like the sauce, because everyone wants to know why the hell it's there. Sometimes
3: people get mad if I get saucy. And, and then uh, then I, I uh, offer them some Black Forest ham. <laughs> Wait, was,
4: it is common enough for you to become so saucy that people become upset with you that you now simply default to offering them hams? It's a family tradition i would love to sit in on a meal with your family during the holidays
3: i am the last
4: of my kind everyone covered in sauce handing each other hams as reparations mm. fascinating we also light a candle for every night <laughs> how many nights what do you mean um every night of what ah uh, would just Every night?
2: (laughs) All of them. Every single
4: one. Every night do you light a candle or do you light one candle for each night? For surely if it is the latter, your home must be filled with candles. You must spend entire evenings lighting candles like some sort of poor fool who has been cursed. Some sort of candle lighting cursed as the arthritis sets into your elbows and you rub your fingers raw with the fire and the matches.
3: Mm, I, just, uh, I just light the same candle every night.
4: <laughs> so for lighting, Mm-mm. it's a traditional candle, just a sort, uh, an always candle mm-hmm. that you light. What does it make you feel when you light this candle?
3: Uh, like it's uh, time to light the candle?
4: <laughs> it's would you say your lighting of this candle a sort of prayer Mm. seeking out and asking to the gods hello gods do you hear me please as i light this candle as it spreads light into my home Bring me light so that I can see my way through the black forest so I can see these worms on my feet and this sausage tube, which is my body. It's just a chore,
1: really. So, uh, Sonata, you said black forest. That's the tea you want to try, the black forest
3: one. That is a good tea. And the ham. No, no. Mm. Ham tea. (laughs) We are just getting, Sonata. If you lay it on the top of your tea, it's actually quite... Tea hams Mm-hmm. Another family
4: tradition. <laughs> Your family sounds very interesting. It is a shame that you are the end
2: of that line.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It seems <laughs> Never got to settle down. Died of ham poisoning, I assume.
3: Uh, about a two, uh, two-thirds two of them, yeah.
2: Yeah. The the other burned to death from candles.
3: <laughs> yeah, more or less. <laughs> That's why they only lack like the one.
2: <laughs> yeah, any more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It seems to
4: me as though you carry with you a number of memories and associations with what your family built. Tell me, would you consider at a later date joining me for a private conversation about your family?
3: Uh, no, thank you. I, uh, I'm busy that day.
4: (laughs) I have not offered you a date for this meeting,
3: Um,
1: aziza is busy every day i cannot stand the ship without him that is why he comes into town with me every time i go into town cannot do a thing without aziza i would surely perish
3: aziza just nervously pulls out a piece of ham from his pocket and just kind of just starts shoving it in there so he doesn't answer any more questions unnecessarily